Okay, all welcome back to the Irish Amp podcast. Just before we get underway with this week's episode, I'd like to take the opportunity to thank you all for pressing play in the previous episodes, if you have, and also for anyone that's interacted in my pages over the last number of years, and particularly in 2023. And something that helps the page an awful lot is just interaction. So, whether you like, share, retweet, just general kind of engagement in the page is something that really helps me promote the page and in turn by promoting the page we get the ultimate goal which is promoting amateur golf and getting it seen by as wide an audience as we can since i started all of this that's kind of been the main goal for me is just to get as many eyeballs on amateur golf as possible and ultimately without your support and help that's not possible so thank you all for the support in 2023 i really hope you enjoyed your christmas and are looking forward to a healthy and happy 2024 so this episode is a slightly different one we're not going to be interviewing a guest in this this one we're just going to recap some of the things that happened in 2023 and um, i'm not going to necessarily be following the calendar so we're not going to start from the start and go through them i just i've picked out a couple of points that pretty much come to mind um, and i've we'll kind of chatting them a little bit so we'll actually start at the end of the year and um, i think it's a good place to start so james fox won the north of ireland championship in late se- or late september and again something i've been saying for a long time and i see it at a lot of championships is ultimately that there's an awful lot of people with the capabilities and abilities to win championships that haven't either got the breaks or things just haven't went their way and they haven't got it done so james got it done this year and like something to look at like james has been playing championships for the best part of 20 years somewhere in the region of about 80 championships played before he got his first major win um, and it wasn't an easy one in fairness so the north of ireland used to be a match play event and it's gone to stroke play and like with a lot of the stroke play stuff in ireland um, james had to face 36 holes on the final day and again around port rush one of the while it's one of the nicest golf courses that they'll play on it's also one of the strongest tests and they got met by some high high wins and um, there was a point actually at top play i was going to be suspended myself so it was a real grinding kind of a day james hung on so coming down the stretch with a bit tight um james hangs on he gets into a playoff with rob Bourne in again a bit of a bit of a tough one so but yeah like one of the one of the shots of the year james actually played in the, the on the second hole of the playoff and another one of the shots of the year rob had played just before him so both lads missed the green right on the pear tree and um, rob hits a great shot from a real tight lie um to about four or five feet and james is just short to the bunker he kind of has to come around the side of the bunker and again like pretty much knows he needs to hit this tight in order to ke- to keep the game going um and he does hits a great chip and ultimately has the 18th going down so the championship ended up finishing in complete darkness um under the lights of some of the maintenance buggies and um, james rolled in a putt from about three or four feet to, to pick up the win and take home a trophy at the back end of the year so yeah a massive point for james and great to see so that's kind of one of the ones that kind of i suppose been re- the, the last championship i was at it pretty much comes to mind first and um, but yeah so really good to see <coughs> another highlight of one an, another one of the highlights from this year was an event i wasn't at but on donegan got to tee it up in the u.s women's open at pebble beach and a bit of a whirlwind week in fairness where I suppose she arrives on site with her clubs lost um ends up having to get some clubs just for a practice round and then when her clubs arrive she discovers her driver and her driver's broke um so has to put a new driver in the bag pretty much on one of the biggest weeks of your career to now tee it up with a new club but um she found the club to be going well in practice so luckily it did and 
again, a great story on. You kind of got a lot of coverage over there, handled it really well. Um, actually done a walk and talk as well. So that was uh, great to see. But like there was a very good buzz around it all. Um, and great to see, the, I suppose, one of the Irish arms getting such a highlighted on such a big stage. And it was great to see how she handled it. Um, Ina's had a real solid year, played some good golf when she came back from college here. Has also helped LSU to a number of wins. So um, that change to LSU has really kind of kicked on you on a little bit and I suppose I had her on the pod a while back and she kind of you know she felt the same that that kind of that change into that environment with a really strong team is something that's kind of going to help her progress through her amateur career and I'm guessing ultimately into the pro ranks if that's where she wants to go but real um yeah real good performance real good to see um again just for me I just like seeing amateur golfers getting recognition and that week I don't think she could have asked for more um real I played really well uh, dealt with the media stuff because when the driver thing kicked off and the last bag and stuff got a lot of traction I suppose media attention came and she handled that really well and looking back on it I would imagine for her it's probably going to be the highlight of her year and you know again just just it was it was really good to see so yeah a real strong year for Anya and, and I know she'll be looking to push on again in 2024 then recently enough again in September with Sean Keelan so Sean's after a real strong year again so Sean is one of the stronger junior golfers in the country he's ranked second in Europe at the moment um, but Sean played junior Ryder Cup so I think pretty sure he's like the fourth only ever Irish person to do so um, and they went on and won it um, and again Sean played a real key part in that um, some really good performances over there and had a real strong year so has won won a pro event earlier in the year um, on the European Pro Golf Tour won some junior events as well as well as like being a member of the Boys Home International Team win as well so like Sean's really strong young fella um, seems to be going in one direction really and just seems to be getting better year on year and um, has recently committed to Texas Tech as well so looking at a, a slightly different path to what he would have had lined out before but again just one of them guys I suppose to really keep an eye on and I think going forward he'll just kind of continue to hear more and more about him so yeah really good year for Sean another one of them is Liam Nolan who had a real strong start to the year and ultimately ended up playing Walker Cup but Liam won or the South American Amateur um, and also won Brab so Brabazon, um, one of the ones that's earmarked for the GB and I lads. Um, real big, real strong field. Um, them two wins ultimately, along with just some steady play over the last number of years. Aren't Liam a spot in the Walker Cup team? Um, we touch on Walker Cup a little bit on its own, but yeah, so like a real good year for Liam. Um, but two real big wins again, just I suppose progression in his his golf. Um, throughout and Liam's a really good driver of the golf ball, and I suppose that's cool. It's good to see the the hard work that goes on in the background, I suppose, paying off. Um, another one of them is Alex Maguire. So there was a, a new series brought in this year, um, the Open Series it was called. So it was basically to do with St. Andrews Links, the Amateur Championship and the European Am. So Alex had made a schedule before this was announced and had decided he wasn't going to play in European Am. So he wins St. Andrews Links and has a real deep run in the, the amateur championship as well. So put himself in a really strong position but had to sit at home while the amateur was going on. Um, or while the European Am was going on and kind of his his fate was in somebody else's hand. But ultimately gets a, a spot in the Open Championship because of it. But uh, I suppose before we get there, like Alex won St. Andrews Links as I said. And shot like 20 under around St. Andrews for 54 holes. Like some clinic clinical golf and fairness and like picking up a massive win um he'd also defended the east of ireland title this year so which again got him onto the 
Walker Cup, um, as well as multiple other teams. Um, Alex has since turned pro in the last number of weeks, which is pretty much no surprise to anybody, but signed off his amateur career with a, a really, really strong year. So again, kind of standing out with strong results and wish him all the best as he goes forward in his pro career. Another recent guest actually was Sarah Byrne, who was on the pod not so long ago. We were chatting about she'd won the Irish Close. Um, she then went on and played World Team World Amateur Team Championships for Ireland. That team wasn't announced at the time, but I think it was kind of obvious she was getting that one. But something that we discussed was her continuous improvement in college. And ultimately, a couple of weeks after the pod, um, Sarah would go back-to-back wins individually. Will also help in Miami to a win in in uh, in Miami actually. But again, she would set the scoring record and you know real real impressive golf and something I know Sarah was looking at as a goal pretty much for the back end of this year early 2024 was to get that collegiate win because she had a real strong start of the year like a lot of top tens and got herself into the NCAA championships as an individual which isn't the easiest thing to do so been playing really good golf all year and ultimately has been rewarded you now with a, a three win season um was also the low am at the Irish women's amateur or the Irish women's open um and again, made her pro debut on the L.E.T. Access Tour this year. Pro debut as an amateur, but um, and had two top 20s, I believe. So, like, really strong year for Sarah. So, some so, some real positive golf to be taken away from, from this year for her, no doubt. Um, another collegiate player that has had another strong year is Paul Conroy. So, Paul is part of uh, the chat in the week I think it's called golf team but uh, they've had a number of wins again this year and Paul is and again last year and Paul has been a very strong part of that team he's generally out number one or number two um, Paul also picked up an individual win this year um, and as re- as rewards for all that also got his first Irish cap um, and has since been named on the high performance team for next year um, but yeah seems to be a really strong part of that team and again another lad that likes to go low um, I think it was early in the year now I don't have it in front of me but shot some crazy low numbers in a couple of events in a row so yeah he's had a couple of individual wins and helped his team to a couple of wins as well so really strong year for him um, looking at that one to progress going forward forward i think paul has a very bright future um so yeah so big a big year coming up for him i believe um another point i have down here is walker cup also in 2023 we had an irish amateur leading the masters for a little bit so matt mclean after his u.s mid-am win last year in 2022 got uh, invites to the u.s open and the masters and again matt is an extremely solid solid player so over the course of the year, um, he's had a couple of top tens again, and like again, kind of kicking on. And they're talking about like levels, and Matt has seemed to be progressing every year. Um, on a pilot done with him, he was talking about a four or five year plan, and even this year wasn't part of that plan. But the golf has been so good at amateur level, I suppose that plan gets extended. But yeah, no, Matt got the teed up in Augusta, which I'm guessing must have been an absolute dream for him. Um, well, I know it was even chatting to him, and again in the US Open, and I suppose just get to see where you are at that level and trying to figure out and he had a top three and I think it was a semi-final in the in the Western Am which is one of the deepest fields in amateur golf and again um, in Pine Valley he had another strong week so and Matt tends to kind of he shows up a lot where his game seems to travel and just again a really solid year and again another one of the team 
or another one of the Irish lads that ended up on the Walker Cup team and I suppose let's talk Walker Cup for a minute so we had four Irish on it this year um, very strong argument for f- potentially five of them going I think Raph might have been a bit uh, understandably upset about not being selected um, but we ended up with four we ended up with Liam Nolan as I said earlier Alex McGuire Matt McLean and Mark Power and something that I travelled to so it was on St Andrews um, and I said I'd travel over something I wanted to see for myself personally doing what I do you talk to a lot of players and I suppose you hear a lot of things and as Walker Cup talk was building particularly in the last year or so since I've been kind of so invested in in all of this stuff with amateur golf and I was kind of struggling not struggling but it was kind of very hard for me to understand what the, the massive allure was about the Walker Cup like I'd followed amateur golf for a long time and I understood I understood it was kind of something that everybody strived to do and while I get it like you want to be one of the top people in GB and I or in America depending on where you're playing for it's I knew there had to be more. Um, so yeah, I went to it this year. It was on in St. Andrews, the home of golf. And maybe that allure kind of grows for me just because of the, the setting it was set on. Um, it was my first time seeing St. Andrews as well. And I just kind of found it extremely special as a spectator. Um, and I know from talking to all the lads since they've played that, it's something that they'll never forget. But very early on I've been there, um, I kind of understood why they all try so hard for it. Um Yes, there's the recognition of being one of the top players, but it's the it's the allure of the event, it's, it's the magic of the event. It's um it's just extremely extremely special. Like even the I remember saying it to one of the lads that I had no plans on going to the opening ceremony. Like I'm only pretty much there to kind of cover it as much as I can through social media. But I was hanging around, so I said I'd go down and probably the best decision I made of the week and just to see the lads being paraded up through the fairway of the. The first fairway of St Andrews, um, a fighter jet flying overhead, how much respect and admiration there was for all the players, a lot of past players there, some of the greats of amateur golf sitting across the way from the lads as their names are being called out and Mark Power got a massive honour of raising the Irish flag and it was just massive pride and massive massive emotion to go with it like I remember watching the lads and you could see like you could see them all bursting with pride and like the whole event was just it just magnified it and I found it very interesting um, as a topic Um, and then I suppose ultimately over the next couple of days just watching the lads play golf in front of suppose at points there was five or six thousand people walking around the place and the cheers and the roars like it's kind of suppose it's it's the Ryder Cup of amateur golf and like people got behind it um, there was Americans over and they were chanting USA and there was people here from GB and I and you could hear the roars left and right and you could just see the I suppose the passion in the lads faces about wanting to win it and going up against one of the probably the strongest ever American teams and certainly as in relation to them all still be still being amateur and look there'll be a number of players in that US team that will go on to great things I have no doubt and potentially some of the boys from GB and I as well so I think the lads knew that they were up against the going in but again they don't fear anybody um, and they took an early lead in day one and it just built the buzz and they kind of the whole thing about it it was just kind of just a massive massive couple of days for the lads but like listening to the lads talking about how well they were treated and how everything was kind of laid out for them um, I suppose a massive reward for a lot of hard work um, and I suppose something that they all appreciated, they all kind of, they found very, very worthwhile I suppose and just great to go over and see it, it was great to go over and see these guys that I've kind of followed for a number of years now and kind of uh, I've seen how they've got on the team, I've been around for a lot of the events that they've played in, so I suppose it was great to see the, the reward for all their hard work, um, yeah so I really enjoyed that part of it as well. 
So real good couple of days over in St Andrews. So yeah, so there's some of the kind of real talking points of 2023. I suppose a couple of notable things I'd like to throw in as well is it's really good to see Rob Bourne get his Irish close win above in Malone this year. Um, I'd have seen Rob play a lot of golf over the last number of years and again turning pro this year um, at the back end of this season. So to pick off a big win um, was was very good to see. Yeah, and there's plenty more that look I'm gonna forget some so like I suppose we can kinda of start naming one or two more and I'm gonna forget somebody and the more the deeper I go down this list, the more chance I have of forgetting something else and probably get in trouble for that too. So look we'll kinda of call I suppose the the highlight reel we'll kinda of leave it at that. Um I don't want this pod to go on for too long either. Um but I put something up in socials today and just if anyone had any questions I get back to them so and we got one only on Twitter, so we'll answer that one first and we get it, I suppose, out of the way because I don't have an answer for it. So one of the things was, do I think Sligo is going to, 20, or to 64 next year or is there any decision on it? Actually, I think is the question. And Well, I haven't heard if there is, um, but I certainly believe it's something that they should really be considering um, an event that early in the year in the conditions that you can get the West in. I think the 54 hole, 16 doesn't really work. I think you need to go at 36 and 64. And I know a lot of these changes into a kind of more stroke play environment has been designed for the elite amateur golfer but there's a lot of players outside of that bracket and to be honest with you even with the west in general i think the elite players would prefer it to go back to the 64 um i just think it's a uh, very early in the season it's a very challenging event with weather conditions and stuff so it'll be interesting to see what decision they do make but i believe a lot of the feedback that they have gotten is that the players want to see it go back to 64 um it was a two-year trial that trial finished last year so just waiting on that announcement to be made so yeah so another question then was what do i think is the best men's amateur event to go one so there was a couple of questions that kind of similar so one was what the, what do i think is the best event the second one is what would i go and watch um, if i hadn't watched golf initially so i can wrap them into kind of the same question really and for me watching events the south and the east tend to be um i found them very enjoyable i think the south the match play format for it so again for the person asking me what event should they go to depending on your time schedules i think if you had a couple of days i think the south is really enjoyable like the match play the, the business end of the match play is something there's not a lot of players on course you can get to kind of really feel what's happening in the tournament and you can see the tournament being decided so if that's kind of what you're interested in, is i would say that um and again in the same vein as that one with the south i'd probably put the if you're looking to go to women's golf i think and it's something that i would highly recommend to a lot of people is maybe the irish close um again see them in the match player bracket see um suppose you can kind of really get a feel for who's winning because it's a match Um, if we're talking stroke play on the men's side again for best event i think the east i don't know just the years i've been there it seems to have delivered um there's always been drama coming down the stretch i think the way county load is set up um, really lends itself to an exciting finish so the last couple of holes there there's there's birdie chances everywhere but there's also loads of mistakes to potentially be made um, and pressure will do very strange things to people so i think that's something that i've enjoyed the east it's on the june bank holiday weekend so you have a chance of getting decent weather as well um and yeah the course is the course is immaculate like in terms of condition wise i think county load is generally in the best condition of all of them it's just it's just spectacular um lahinch is a festival of golf that week and i really enjoy that um but ultimately, like a couple, a couple of people asked me, they were kind of saying that they haven't been to events and where should they go? Anytime you're free, just take a just just head to the one that's closest. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. I don't think you'll be overly disappointed. Um, the quality of golf generally throughout the field, um, and go back to the very start of the pod with the James Fox thing, where like he played a lot of championships before he won wonders. The caliber of golfer is very good, and the fields are a lot deeper than people think. 
Um, yes, you're going to have your elite at the top of it, but again, a lot, all of these lads can play golf at a level that is very impressive to watch. Another thing I got asked is who did I see as the most improved player? Um, yeah, I think it's um, I think you'd have to go with the the men's order merit winner David Shields um, in terms of improvement. So like has been kind of going to championships now for only a couple of years and has been getting better. But this year there was seemed to be a real kick on in his game. Um, just seemed to become very consistent. Um, and again, I'm guessing something that he's going to work on over the winter is kind of getting a bit more consistent again and looking for a big win next year. But yeah, he won the other merit this year, so I think it would be very hard to look past him. Um, I think on the on the ladies' side, you're probably talking again the same thing. The other merit winner, Emma Fleming, um, pretty much dominated the scratch the scratch cup circuit for the women, um, shooting some crazy low scores and um, some very impressive golf in there. Um, so I think Emma's somewhere in the region of about 18 I think um, maybe 19 could be getting it all wrong but that's kind of the bracket I put her in anyway but again on the high performance team again going forward next year and someone that looks like it's going to improve again next year um, and potentially get better so yeah I think that's something that uh, could or see somebody that could uh, really kick on um, so we'll have to wait and see how that one goes best round of the year um, there's a couple and again, for different reasons. Um, so let's talk the north because there was a couple of them up in the north. And I suppose if I was to t- if I was to look at like score in relation to the average score on the day, I'd say Owen Murphy's one under in the final round of the north would be hard to beat. Um, it just wasn't there. Under the pair was not there. That that course played so hard. So again, thirty six hole final day. You're going to be tired playing the first eighteen in strong condition, strong wind conditions. Um, and Owen shot one under. Um, in the second round. Like so, so impressive. Um, I just, I don't think I've seen that score there, to be honest. And I'd say a score in relation to the average score, he's probably five, six shots better, maybe, maybe even more than that. So yeah, very impressive round that one. And again, James Fox, as I mentioned, and Rob Moore, who was in a playoff with him, I think both their rounds on the day were very impressive, considering that they ended up in a playoff and they had to do a lot of hanging on. Um, so yeah, they were probably three very impressive ones um, I think Jessica Ross in the second round of Ulster Stroke play shot 8 or 9 under above Clandabine um, and pretty much put the tournament out of sight um, yeah and I seen I was at that and I seen a fair bit of that round and I think she was 6 under for her last 6 holes um, with a pair Eagle dating um, yeah very very impressive and Jessica looks like she's playing a lot more golf in the last year or so Um and looks a very impressive golfer. So again, I think someone that will potentially have a bit more to do next year. I know she played golf earlier and was successful too, but took a little bit of a break and seems to be back at it again. So um, yeah, someone that looks to have a lot of potential going forward. Um, again, and this was another one that sticks out to me, just even thinking about it. Um, Collie shot six or seven under in the semi-final of the South um, in Biblical Rain against Paul Coughlin. I think he was six under through ten and won his match six and five. So yeah, some very, very impressive stuff there um so they'd be kind of the the rounds of the year that would come to another one i got is um handicap cutoffs <coughs> something i get asked a lot actually is like what's the general cutoff for a, a championship and stuff like that and um rule of thumb at the moment is kind of plus 1.9 for men's golf and um, the irish am is generally going to be the lowest that usually starts at about plus three with, with withdrawals it might go out to 2.5 but like you'd want to be that at a minimum to be comfortable everything else about 1.6 to 1.9 got in um so depending on where you're heading kind of want to be in that bracket um 
that's come down a bit on the year before now that WHS seems to be settling in a little bit. And Mangalf Ireland have kind of tried to curtail the number of general player rounds, um, which is, I suppose that one answers its own kind of question, doesn't it? The fact that they had to curtail them and as soon as they did that, the, the handicap bracket came down and um, kind of shows that the manipulation was there. Um, or certainly people were entering championships off general play rounds and not being able to perform in the competitive environment when all of their golf seemed to be played in the casual way. But yeah, look, that's kind of where we sit. Um, so 1.9 is where that would be. Um, yeah, and that's kind of, look, that's 2023 and a couple of questions. There's a few more there that I didn't get there, but again, I don't want to keep this one going on for too long. Um, what's the plan for Irish Am 2024? Um, currently, we're still working on that one, if I'm to be totally honest. Um, trying to kind of figure out ways of making it all work for, for me and for you going forward. Um which is something I've been doing over the winter, not getting, not exactly finished yet. So I suppose if we can kind of wrap that up a little bit, I'd be kind of more comfortable. Um, it can be a challenge to do all of what I do um, while I massively enjoy it. So I just need to kind of put a couple of things in place that will hopefully help me do it going forward. Um, yeah, so um, I've been chatting to a couple of people about coming on board with kind of potential partnerships and stuff like that. So... Um, hopefully we can get some of them over the line and take away some of the burden of um, what goes on in the back room with that stuff but yeah look I massively enjoy what I do so um, I suppose my year will kick off again pretty much at the West um, hopefully for a 64 match play on the Easter Sunday um, it's kind of when I plan to be up there uh, and then we shall see where we kind of start going from there the Irish Amazon back up there and I am actually looking forward to Hopefully getting a bit better weather, but seeing it kind of full stroke play event around County Sligo because they've massively involved in amateur golf. They do a lot for amateur golf and they have two championships. So to give up their course for that length of time is um, not easy and not a lot of clubs would do it. And I suppose Sligo deserve a very, very special mention for that because it's something that I think is... Uh, so sometimes goes a bit um, unnoticed by people. Oh, sure, look, it is what it is. But like courses of the magnitude of Sligo... County Loud, Royal Port Rush, these places giving up their course, the hinge is the same every year, some of them in peak season, losing a lot of revenue to like to help out the amateur game that there was a lot of back history with or something that I think the courses need to be commended for, so um, yeah, that's where they are um, and kind of schedule looks kind of similar, um, with hopefully swapping out Walker Cup with potentially Curtis Cup, but that's September, so we'll we'll kind of figure that one out as we go along. The two Irish Ams are on in Ireland next year as well, so it makes me a little bit busier. If anybody knows how to clone somebody, I could do with it just for the month of June. Um, I think you have the Irish, you have the, the men's am, the women's am, the women's amateur open, Irish amateur open. There's something else on the Ulster stroke play, I think, is on, and something else. I don't know, there's another one, I think, gone in the middle of it. So, yeah, um, I don't know. There'll be one or two of them will have to kind of probably be sacrificed a little bit, or we'll have to spend a little less time at some of them. Um, but we'll try and fit in what we can, as always. Um, so, yeah, thank you all for your support um, so far. If you've got this far and you're not sick of listening to me, would you mind hitting the, the follow button on whatever platform you're listening to this on? It does massively help um plan for the pod and how many people follow it how many people listen to it and how many people follow you on instagram and twitter and what your engagement numbers like and followers are great and some numbers are lovely but i suppose they want to see engagement they want to see that people actually interact with the posts um and the podcast um so if you can do it that would be great i shall see you all in a fair way very shortly um, and we will get back to the normal service of the pod in the next couple of next week i would say at this point so yeah look i hope you all had a great christmas and um, best wishes for 2024 and um, let's hope it's the best golfing year for you and for me 